When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 5-8-8! That it is Hot Routes. And you know what I did by accident? I made six questions today. I didn't even realize that. Instead of five, normally it's did you five send questions. Them to me? So I did. Uh, You've yeah, been you sending are, them to you, me. Yeah, I, sent I didn't get them today. I'm coming in you, just flying okay, blind. Look at your email right now. I got a little behind. I was just doing my job at minicamp, watching how the linebackers use the red ball. There they are. <laughs> there you <laughs> have it. So now you can follow. Wait, did you see the linebackers I actually use the red ball didn't today? See that the red ball today. I'm about to say that did not happen. I did not write that absence down. I wrote down a few more of like Tyler Conklin wasn't practicing, but I didn't write no tight ends today. I did not write red ball not practicing. What about Big Blue Ball? The only thing I, I follow ball either. you. The only thing I follow you for is Red Ball reports. I, I'm gonna have to get a, a you, really uh, good uh, drop the ball. Actually, I'm supposed to talk to the linebackers coach tomorrow. I really have to ask about the Red Ball. Please, yeah, please ask Adam. Be like, Adam, did you it, get this? At, did you get this at Target? <laughs> I was really hoping to get under your skin with that bad joke. Did you hear my bad joke? They bad him dropping the ball. Yeah, so I he, heard it. You oh. dropped the ball. All right, the, All right, please kick up the music so we can make this begin. <laughs> All right, the voice is back today. Do you guys hear more power, more more grit in the voice? So I can get under center. That's probably why you put six questions. Giraffe, 83! 83, Wombat! First hot route, 83, Wombat. You guys know what it is. Oh, I love Wombat. I put this out for Twitter, and they've given me no serious answers, only jokes. Landon Collins went from the Giants to the Washington football squad, and he said that that rivalry is, quote, going to be crazy. Crazy bad football? I mean, right? Anyway, what is the best rivalry in the National Football League at this moment? Can I call Chiefs-Rams a rivalry? Is that fair? Is it one because of one great game? See, that's where I was struggling with it because I was thinking about it. Everybody's coming up with these like not-so-great rivalries. Carson Wentz was talking about it yesterday on SportsCenter after Demarcus Lawrence uh, you know, said, you know, we keep sacking you the more you get paid. And I was like, oh, Cowboys-Eagles, such a great rivalry. Is it? I don't know. It's got it, a historic. It's got historic implications, but so does, so does uh, Washington and Dallas. That has historic implications. I wouldn't say it's a great rivalry by any stretch. You know, I'm just going to stay in the NFC North. 
I think Bears Packers is a really darn good rivalry right now. Excuse me, Bears Vikings. Bears Vikings oh, Bears is a good Vikings. Viking okay. ri- rivalry right. right now. Actually, I was going to say Bears Packers, and I know that's the that's the easy answer. That's the classic answer. But but after the Packers are kind of down, is that still a thing? Yeah, I don't. For a long time, it wasn't really a rivalry. It was just an ass whooping. See, I think a rivalry has more to do with what goes on off the field than on the field. Because on the field, you don't really have rivalries anymore. You don't really have bad blood in teams that hate each other. You had had Steelers-Ravens for a while. You had Steelers-Bengals for a while. But I don't know that there are any. Are there teams that really dislike each other right now? I think Bengals-Steelers. I mean, the the, the Vontaze Perfect and Juju Smith-Schuster thing from what? Last year or the year before? I mean, that's bad blood. I think that the... Most recent one that was legit and great was Pittsburgh and Baltimore because every time they would play, it was a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And when Cincinnati became relevant, yeah, more so. But Baltimore, it didn't matter, even if one of the teams was down that year, that it was still going to be a really physical and angry matchup between the two teams. See, I don't look at it as off the field trash talk. I look at it as no, no, what, when I, when what I say, it looks like when they play. When I say off the field, I'm, I mean more of the fan bases. For me, a rivalry is when two, oh, I see. Okay. two fan bases mutually have the other hate team other. at the top of their oh, hate okay. list. See, I look at it as a lot of the same players playing against each other for a long time and building up kind of an extra level of disdain for each other. So you're looking at it from the perspective of anybody Philadelphia plays and anybody the Raiders play. Basically, yes. Because of their (laughs) ridiculously violent fan bases. Uh, What do you think, Jonathan? Uh, I was going to say Steelers-Ravens, but you guys already mentioned that. That's kind of the one that I thought of immediately as one of the better rivalries in football. Still a good one. So I've, I've been trying to make something happen here. With other divisions. And it's really hard because teams kind of come and go. You know, Kansas City Chargers, but the Chargers have been in and out of relevance for quite some time. Denver, Kansas City, back when there was Montana and Elway, was pretty good for that short time. I actually like your Bears Vikings because there was some trash talk last year between those two teams. Yeah, but outside of week 17, like that. That's not what I'm including in this rivalry. I definitely include that. They kicked you out of the playoffs. That's that's rivalry that's stuff rivalry, right there. But I mean, just I know people are going to look at that and be like, they laid an egg. The Vikings completely got embarrassed in that game. Um, to me, that's good rivalry stuff. When games that matter, a lot of the same players going to be going back at sure. it this year. And I mean, the trash talk going into that Week 11 game. Uh, you know, with hey, we're you know we're the reason we're on prime time, not them. And then, yes. then Kirk doubling back the week yes. later, being like, "Well, they're a really good team. No wonder they were on prime time." Um, Eagles and Cowboys, I think, has good potential. It does. I'm just not ready to crown it a great rivalry yet. You want to crown them? Then crown them. All right, next one. Hot route. Mm. Red, forty nine, blue, and red. <laughs> Gerald McCoy. <laughs> That's just purple. That's just purple. Did you even read the playbook? Um, We know that you did not. Gerald McCoy said that he does not have anything negative to say about his former employer, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So they released him. What I would like you guys to do is say something negative about a former employer. I saw this come through. I'm happy to do it. Uh, Back in 2013, I was working at the Clarion Ledger newspaper in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, it was a very much a old boys old boys club. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Old boys club. Um, And we were going. We were uh, trying to preface because I was brought in to build their video platform from scratch in sports, Um, and the. Former sports assistant editor, because we didn't have a sports editor at the time, because there was um, 
a tra- in, in period of transition and some producer. It's only a 30-minute segment. I know, but I'm getting Say there. Say something negative. Well, I remember they were like, we don't want Courtney on any of the videos. We want our two beat reporters, the guys who actually cover the teams. Um, wow. And it's just, I just think it's hilarious now where I'm at in my career and uh, mm-hmm. neither of them are in the industry anymore, so... That's, that's I'm not saying anything I like negative. It. I just I'm throwing that's, shade now. Okay, that's I'll, I'll take shade as well. I'll take the people's I like elbow. I like Good job. It. I like and it. And I will ram it down their throat. Okay. Go ahead. Not the boss currently at my former station. But Which his, is our former boss. His pre no 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 no. No. He went to the to the Oh comp- the other station. He went to the competition of my former station. Okay. If that so makes sense. So a boss sense. that we don't know and doesn't work there now. The the his predecessor. My uh, former okay. boss's predecessor. Was just not a good dude. Was just he didn't he was he wasn't he didn't act human. He he didn't treat people like humans. He would like uh, my producer's booth was right across the hall from his office. So I would say stuff to him like, "Hey, we have so and so coming on at such and such a town." Be like, "Can you email it to me?" Like he did not want any interpersonal communication whatsoever. And I kind of like this guy. He would fight. You won't like this. I guarantee you <laughs> okay, won't okay, like this. All right, I'm on board with not talking to people. He would fire people. Okay, don't like this. That. Was usually a part timer. He would fire them. By just not putting them on the schedule when oh, it came out. That's yeah. shady. That's cowardice. Yes. That's weak. Yes. I got fired that way once, and that story might come up. Your name just wasn't on the schedule? Yes, at so, a McDonald's. So if you were <laughs> so if you were a part-timer... Actually, I don't even blame them. I'm not even going to say anything negative about that McDonald's. I had to come in. You I got deserved a, it. I huh? got in a verbal altercation with another employee, <laughs> and they just stopped putting me on the schedule. And I was like, you know what? I had that coming. But if you were a part-timer, you were literally walking on eggshells. Every time right. it was time for the schedule to right. come out, like, do I still have a job or not? Because he wasn't going to come to you and tell you. Jonathan? I'd uh, like to thank a former home improvement retailer that advertised on this station, so I'm not going to mention their name, uh, for firing <laughs> me. And because, you just gave it away. Well, we've got a couple of them, so we're, okay. we're good there. All right. Because they fired me because I had a Sunday job, this job, uh, and during multiple interviews for the full-time gig there, they said it wouldn't be an issue, and then when I got hired, it was an issue. Oh. So thank you for lying to me and then firing me three weeks later. <laughs> Right, I'm I've not got, laughing at your demise. I'm laughing at the situation. I've got stuff for every former employer, and there are many. Can we get this McDonald's story? <laughs> it was really... Okay, actually, this is funny. So, <laughs> there's a guy that at this McDonald's. I worked at one for a long time, and then I, w- I was in high school, and then I went to college, and I tried to get a job at the local McDonald's where my college was. So, I got the job, and I'm just like sort of training, but I know what I'm doing, and I'm getting things going. And there was a guy who was an assistant manager or something who was kind of like wound a little tightly. And this is like how tightly wound he was. When you were putting a tray of meat into the meat keeper warmer, whatever it was called. A little plastic tray where the burgers go. You kind of of had your back to everybody. And if you turned around too quickly, you could run into somebody or something like that. So it almost happened once. And I said, oh, excuse me. And the guy said, oh, here we say right behind you if you're right behind someone putting the meat tray away. And I was like, I'm not saying that. That's ridiculous. And I was mostly kidding. You know how I do that. Like, wait, 
like he insisted that you <laughs> say right behind, right behind you. That's, yeah. that's the food industry. I'm I mean, like, like that you say behind you door. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I know that like, from uh, watching ex- Chopped. Is excuse <laughs> Whenever somebody is running around, they go behind, behind, behind. Is excuse right. me that different though? Yes, or it like, is. Okay. That's yeah. like different. I would fire you too. So, but I mostly was like, whatever, man. Yeah. Right behind your face, like whatever. And the guy, the guy got super mad and started going off, and then like went to the other manager, and I was like, uh, "Okay, really?" And then I was just gonna dig my heels in. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm never saying that ever." And they stopped putting me on the schedule, and that was it. And then they called me and asked for my shirt back, and I was like, "No, you're not getting your Did shirt you have back. To pay for the I shirt? am keeping this polo shirt." They take it from your check. Um, your last check. They might have. They I think they actually wear that shirt to training camp, please. All right, Raven, forty-eight. Next one. Here we go. Hot routes. The uh, New Dallas. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore has been, quote, according to a report, in the ear of Dak Prescott. Sounds like a moth. But anyway, um, give me your prediction this year for uh, uh, Dak Prescott's season in Dallas. Wins, yards, touchdowns, other predictions. We think Dak is going to be good or nah? I think he's going to be about the same. I think 10 and 6. That's probably a conservative bet for the Cowboys this year, just given like what the East looks like. But I, I can't go above ten and six with Dak. I think you know at best, at best he's a divisional round quarterback. At worst, they just miss the playoffs. But that I can't, I can't see him being somebody that you know you rely on to take you far into the playoffs. If they can get past Seattle, if they can, you know, if that, if just like last year, you know, and that if they get put into Wild Card Weekend. I don't know if I really believe that he can get him out of it, but he does have some good weapons around him. I think Amari Cooper could be a game changer for him. Yeah, I think there's room for a slight improvement from Dak Prescott, but I don't think that there's a huge leap coming by any means. I I think he'll probably do about what he did last year, maybe slightly better, but like mm-hmm. I said, I don't see a huge jump coming for Dak Prescott. I don't think he works You think as... they win the division with him? Yeah, because that's a bad division. Okay. And I think that the Eagles, uh, they're a team that tends to s- start kind of slow, and I-, I think that the Cowboys will be able to capitalize on that, win that division. But pers- on a personal level, I don't think that he's going to move up into the next echelon of quarterback at any point. Jonathan, I think is what you have is. an opportunity to have the hottest take of hot routes. And I expect that from you. You just want me to go, they're going to go 12 wins, 5,000 yards, or be, and 30 or touchdowns be bad. passing? Like, is Dak going to be great or bad? What's more likely, Jonathan, great or bad? Because I think that the most obvious answer, sorry guys, is he's going to be just as good, normal, yeah. and they're competitive. What but, you see is what you get with Dak. But is it more likely that he's great or terrible? Uh, with that division, I'm going to go more likely he's great because the rest of the division just isn't good. You got New York and Washington. You play those teams four times. And, yeah, it's just not going to be good. I say it's more likely that he's great, too. I was going to say that I think he could be a little better with a full season of Amari Cooper, that his numbers with Amari Cooper were very good, and I like Dak Prescott. Even in his worst year, they won a lot of games, and I don't think it's always just because of the running back. Do you think there's another level for him? I think the second half of last year with Amari Cooper is the other level, and that he probably can do that for a longer period for of time. For me, the way I look at quarterbacks, and this is at any given time, I'm not even talking about this time period specifically, there's usually three to five who are just head and shoulders above the rest of the league and mm-hmm. in a class of their own. And then I think you have franchise quarterbacks just below that. Yeah, There's usually like five to seven of those 
And then there's a handful of good quarterbacks, and then everybody else is just, they're just the rest of the pile. I think Dak Prescott could not be franchised, but in that echelon right be, right below franchise. I agree with that. Okay. I mean, if you have a quarterback, regardless of what he has around him, because we always talk about that a lot with everyone, if you can win 13 games at any point, then to me, you're a franchise quarterback, and all that says is it matters what's around you. Right. And, and it does for almost everyone, even Aaron Rodgers, as we saw last year. All right, next hot route here. Red 83. This is um, banana, banana. Um, according to your pal Kevin Seifert of ESPN, Courtney. My pal. Some Love coaches Kevin. are not so interested in having the responsibility of challenging pass interferences, and they would prefer that a sky judge make the decision to challenge pass interferences. Now, there was a lot of different ways I could go with this, like... What thing would a sky judge challenge that you do? You can answer that if you want, but rule changes. Is there anything that you guys want changed in the NFL rule-wise other than this pass interference thing? Uh, And if you want to answer the other question of what a sky judge would challenge about your life, then go ahead. Well, I'm going to stick to football here because I have a lot of things. Actually, I've got one for you. Okay. When a waitress shows up and says, sorry, we only have Diet Pepsi, not Diet Coke, just say okay. Because you're going to drink it anyway. There's no, there's no, no I'm reason. No, I'm going to order a there's, water. There's no reason to roll your eyes. Then just I say never water. roll my eyes at no, other people. You roll your eyes. I'm not a jerk. Um, <laughs> I would probably change. I'm the... throwing a flag. I want to challenge flag. Okay. I want to review the video of you rolling your eyes at waitresses when I they say we only have Diet Pepsi. Have you in... witnessed this? Have you seen I've her roll her eyes because they have Pepsi and not Coke? I don't think it was a conscious thing. Just like, oh, I'm man, always like a disappointment. I'm always surprised they even clarify or ask you if you still right. want the drink. Like, right. if I order a Coke and all you have is Pepsi, don't even ask. Just bring me the Pepsi. I, there, what about the RC Cola exception? No, that, that doesn't happen. Don't give me no RC Cola, man. RC Cola is better want... than Pepsi. That's my hot take for the day. I really. Anyways, am. supposed to turn it up for hot routes, wow. not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think the force out rule. You know, let's let's go back to like 2008. Let's let's walk that one back. Force them out if they're in the air, especially in the end zone. I think back to the Vikings. Uh, what was it? Viking Cardinal game. Uh, yeah. when, when that was basically like why the rule exists, like situations like that. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the rules in play any other place than on the play of field. Like you know, when they, especially when they get towards the end zone, I think it's. I think I think I would walk that one back if I could. Okay, Rami, you got overtime. A rule? We talked a lot about overtime. Oh yeah, that's the obvious one. And I don't know exactly what I would go to, but I know that this isn't working. I know that this overtime system is not working, and I don't like it, especially in the postseason where mm-hmm. both teams don't get to have their hands on the ball like we saw in the AFC Championship last week. Yeah, I'm still bitter last about year, that. Russia, and so. um, what would the Sky Judge review about your life? Uh, my posture. Sky Judge. That's, that's I, actually happened. I don't even get to have like a no, review. No, I answered for you. Oh, okay. Thank you for <laughs> that part for the course. <laughs> my posture and my overall fitness. Like the Sky, the sky Judge could be like, Rob, you put on a few this week. Right. Maybe yeah. dial back on the brownies mm. for a few days. Okay, you can answer. No, it's fine. You already you already did. I don't want to actually talk anymore. I quit. <laughs> wow, she just quit mid show. We weren't paying her anyway. She just shows up here on Tuesday. <laughs> Jonathan, um, I would probably. I know we've. I know you and I have talked about it. I think on Score North Live back in the day, we would, we talked about way back in those days. Yeah, way back in those days. Uh, the fifteen yard penalty for or the spot foul for pass interference. I don't like when it's a deep hail mary and they give it. They give spot foul and it just moves them up to the one yard line. I think there should be some kind of an exception in that standpoint. Mm-hmm. If 
you can somehow work it out. But yeah, that'd be my my one rule. I will go onside kick. Like, please bring it back. Do something. I know they've kicked around some things. Get it? Kicked around some things. Uh, and they've come up with nothing that's going to make the onside kick a real play again. But when only about 5% of the onside kicks are recovered, that means games are just over earlier. And I want to see them having a chance there at the end of the game, like they had with an onside kick. And what the Sky Judge would review about me. Your sunny disposition. Please. I'm wonderful. Um, well, you got to answer for me, so I'm answering. Oh, for you. okay, all right. So, what is it? What yes, is it fair. then? What is it reviewing? Um, the amount of awkward things I say to people. That's probably it. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Okay, I was gonna say um, picking my nose when I'm not really thinking about it, so I'll just be like oh, sitting why at the did computer you have to admit and just that? be, you know, the finger does anybody not way up there? Does anybody not? You know what it is? It's not really like a full on finger oh. all the way up the nose. What I'll do is I'll just kind of like be bored and like playing with my nose a little bit, you know what I mean? And if, and if you happen, I'm to, glad you said nose. And if you had, it, yeah, if you if you if there's a booger in there, you know, maybe I'll just yank it out and flick it. I'm gonna be real That's with you. That's so gross. I'm gonna well, be real with you. When I'm in the car by myself, and I know there are people driving by who can see me plain as day, like I'm, the Seinfeld episode. I'm not Bring at all shy or or incognito about it. Like I'm alone. <laughs> In my car, there's stuff in there Digging that needs gold. to get out, and it's going to get out. Okay, next one, Sorry. please. I'm going to throw up here. All right, next hot route. Sorry, I'm a human. I, fe- I feel like human. if you're saying that you're different from this, then it's just not true. You you can't find a tissue every time. Also, sometimes a tissue... tissues with you. But sometimes a tissue just won't do the job. If it's just <laughs> encrusted to the walls of your nasal passages... Yeah. It's got to be pulled out. It's oh got to be done God. manually. I have a nose ring, and I don't have these types of issues with my mucus that you guys have. So, I mean, you need to fix something about yourself. Mm. Maybe we can get the sky judge to look up your nostrils. I do have deviated septum. Final one. <laughs> that should have been the final one, but J- it's can not. Can we do the Jalen Ramsey one? Yes. Jalen Ramsey says that he will not be agreeing to a contract extension with the Jaguars this year. Good work, Doug Marone. Uh, let's say that you guys were a free agent who could go literally anywhere in the world that you want in the NFL. Tell me your biggest factors for signing with a team. Fully guaranteed deal, just like me and Kirk. Um, number one parking spot going into the facility. Like, I have to have the one that's, like, next to the owner. I want direct access so I can, like... Scurry in in the morning, scurry out at night, be the first dude out of the parking lot. And then, number three, I would like to, I actually want my own cryo chamber. So no one can go in your cryo chamber? No, absolutely not. It's mine. Now that you've found out that everyone picks their nose, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't do it in a cryo chamber I was sharing with other people, Your nose would be frozen. That's inconsiderate. All the mucus is going to freeze in there. But in my car, it's my car, damn it. I have not ridden anywhere with you and don't plan on it, Rami. Uh, I flick what them are your, out the window. What are your They're biggest not factors? in my car, okay? <laughs> this is absurd. I like parking spots, man. I like parking, parking spots. That's a, good one? One. That's a great perk. I would also, this has been something I've always wanted, and I'm not even that busy or important a person. I'd imagine I'd want it even more and maybe even need it. If I was a prof- professional athlete of any status, a personal assistant. I need a personal assistant. And uh, other than that, I'm just picking For my... what? 
To, to write stuff. Just to handle things. Like, I'm really bad at, like, day-to-day. Like, at the end of... I don't know if you guys are the same way. When I sit down on my couch at the end of every night, I go, damn, I forgot fill in the blank. Like, there's something... So you want someone to handle your to-do list. I want so Yeah. I want somebody okay. who's just, like, the brains of my life operation. Hey, I'm all for it. Man, I went less creative than you guys. I went chance of winning a title, guaranteed contract. Oh, Jonathan just wants to win? Yeah, I just want to win. <laughs> Shocking, right? No, I, have a, I want a Super Bowl title. I have Give a personal that. assistant in my rider. That's actually <laughs> going to be part of my negotiations for the next uh, contract here at Score North. <laughs> for, for me, uh, it would be this. An uh, o- uh, office, uh, like I, certain people? I love... Ooh. Uh, I love Minnesota, okay? I'm not going anywhere. It's wonderful here. One thing we lack, so if I was going somewhere else and I could go anywhere, is a distinctive food that defines our region. So oh, Kansas yeah. City barbecue, where I come from, the buffalo wing. I think I'm looking for places that has a definitive food that is uh, going to make me feel great and maybe get fatter, but the feel great Lucy about myself. The Juicy Lucy doesn't do it for you here? Can't have one of those every want, week. I don't want to be negative about the Juicy Lucy. It's a burger. I mean, they do a good job with it, but, it's a burger. but a burger cannot be your thing. Like, I'm, I'm really happy for those places that make good ones, and they're delicious, but it can't be like your thing that defines you. I'm not saying I did it before Minnesota did it, because I'm sure I didn't, but I was putting cheese inside burgers long before I knew it was a thing in Minnesota or anywhere else or that it had a name. Like, it is. Yeah, just, I had no idea what a Juicy a burger Lucy with cheese was. Inside. They don't even spell it correctly. I, I just, I don't want to hammer on the Juicy Lucy. Because I enjoy a good burger myself. Yeah, it's a burger and cheese. There's nothing wrong it, with it. It's not like Kansas City barbecue. No. It's not like... It's not like Chicago-style deep dish. Exactly. But, or, um, you know, like... Don't anybody badmouth deep dish. Yeah. I don't right. know if any of you so, were thinking about it. No, I'm absolutely not thinking about it. We will it. fight. What are your other two things? That's it. You just want I just, food? I care a lot about the food. What about um, the parking spot? No, your parking spot's a, a good one, but it depends on how big the lot is, really. And I mean, what about I, having I your own office so you can write all your football plays on the on the wall <laughs> with dry erase markers? Oh. You can write all your Tecmo Bowl all curls. You could literally dedicate an entire day to all curls. I would like somewhere where I could live close to the facility. I don't like a long drive to work. You have a 12-minute drive to work now. I know. It's not a long drive, and I like it. All right. Um, this went on way too long, so we will take a break. We'll oh come my. back. I didn't even realize um, what time it was. Get your takes, Rami. I'm kidding. Of course, hot routes can never go on too long. I would not take a break and do the whole show with hot routes if I could. Um, so we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get your thoughts on the Kyle Rudolph contract, and we'll kick those around when we return. Here, you are listening to Purple Daily. I think it certainly embodies the win now mentality, but. To me, it just embodies the mentality of how much they care about winning, period. Um, They came to this organization a little over 12 years ago with one goal, and that was to win a championship. All the stuff that they've done since is falling in place with that goal. And, you know, certainly we want to win now. Um, That's not going to change. But with their leadership, they're providing us every resource imaginable to win now, but also to win for a long time. That was Kyle Rudolph earlier this afternoon. We're going to jump right back in now that Rami's here and can give us some hot takes on the Rudolph situation. So that answer is to a question I asked him just looking at the other offseason moves that kind of reflect the same thing. Everson Griffin, it's a, is at risk for being a big cap casualty? They get him to restructure. He wants to stay here. They believe he's part of the core. Deal's done. Anthony Barr, 
leaves millions on the table to come here, to come back here, takes a sizable deal, something that they really and truly, as Sam Monson uh, from Pro Football Focus had mentioned earlier, that's a luxury item, not a necessity uh, with their cap situation. And now Kyle Rudolph. So all of those, in my opinion, Rami, back the notion that win now, all in, 2019, it's now or never with the Super Bowl window. Yeah. I think it's a one to two year window. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but I mean... Whether it goes into 2020 at this point is moot. I'm only looking at these moves as it relates to 2019 because that seems to be how the money backs those moves. I've been saying about Kyle Rudolph and every other decision that the Vikings have had to make this offseason that it has to be about now. When they talked about trading Kyle Rudolph for draft picks, I went, okay, so you spent $29 million a year guaranteed on a quarterback over the course of three years, and you're thinking about next season? You pushed all your chips to the middle of the table as soon as you signed that Kirk Cousins contract to win a Super Bowl right this year or at the very least at some point in that three-year window. Every offseason of the Kirk Cousins era has to be focused on the coming season. There is no looking to next year. I think throughout the entire Kirk Cousins era, it has to be about right now. So I'm... He he makes their offense better. We've been hearing a lot about Gary Kubiak's offense, how much he likes to use two tight end sets, how much uh, Kyle Rudolph would help in the play-action game, which is a big part of Gary Kubiak's offense. I thought they had to find a way, even if it was just bringing him in on the one year that he had left and let him walk for nothing next offseason, they had to find a way to keep him in the fold because, like Courtney said, and like I've been saying, it's about right now for the Minnesota Vikings as long as you're paying Kirk Cousins what you're paying Kirk Cousins. All right, so I totally agree with that, that it is all in right now, next two years, while Kirk Cousins is guaranteed to be here. There is no guarantee at all that Kirk Cousins will sign an extension or that they'll even want to sign Kirk Cousins to an extension. That depends, in my mind, on how they play this year. Now, let me spin it this way. So let's assume that no matter what they were going to do this offseason, it was all in because of the Kirk Cousins contract. Now, if we were to rewind to March, say, right before free agency starts, if they had traded Kyle Rudolph then and decided to allocate the money to different places and assume that they do the draft the same exact way, you could still be all in, but with just not spending that all-in money on a guy who Sam Monson mentioned that his performance has gone down by his PFF grades almost every year. And even if it isn't his catch numbers, they threw it 600 times last year. So no surprise that he comes up with 60 catches and the quarterback rating was good throwing at him, but the blocking was not as good. And the uh, explosiveness after catching the ball is almost none at this point in his career. So if you're taking a look at this from a different perspective as opposed to right now, did they need to make sure they kept him with the position they're in at this moment? Of course. But if you're looking back to March, would you have rather taken the $7 million, put it into something else, at some other position on the offense? Are there better ways that the Vikings could have spent uh, instead of deciding to re-sign him to a four-year contract? So, hey. So you're saying had they decided to cut ties with him earlier in the offseason, yeah. go and allocate that money elsewhere. Right. I, I, I would think have been that, against that. That's Sam Monson's argument. is not that Kyle Rudolph isn't fine and that you need to keep him now at the point that you're at, but if we go back just a couple months, they would have given themselves some more flexibility if they had moved on from him then and not had to lock somebody else. Like Jared Cook, 
did not sign a four-year contract. He signed a two-year contract. They signed it late, too. With like $10 million guaranteed, and Cook had, was up there. He's basically the same player at this point. You could have done, like, to, to backtrack on what Sam said, could have gotten an explosive receiver. I mean, you wouldn't, Gary Kubiak still would have been here. So whether it was a tight end or a receiver, you could have already had your number three pass catcher set. Uh, more more so in ways than you do now, wondering, is B.C. Johnson going to rise to, to grab that job? Is it going to be Jordan Taylor? Is it going to be Chad Beebe? I mean, on and on and on. You could have fixed the offensive line in a different way. I still don't think you're getting a big-name dude. I really don't. I think that you're probably getting like a mid-to-above-mid-tier mm-hmm. starter, but you're not getting Roger Saffold. I don't think so. I think they would have been outbid regardless, um, and they did what they could there. You could have allocated it on defense, too. If we're going on the all-in mentality with Mike Zimmer, like one of our callers had mentioned earlier of, you know, the Will family and the money seems to back that notion, they could have done that on defense as well. They could have kept Sheldon Richardson. That would have been an all-in type move if but they had the money to do it. All in all, I know it's a four-year deal, $36 million. Two years of it is guaranteed, right? They yeah, it's, get- so it's uh, the, he has $9 million in full. It's my, nine is fully guaranteed. 2020 is injury guarantees. Right. Which I mean, that's standard. But like this year, everything this year they like bumped his base salary up, and the base salary is all guaranteed. I don't feel like that's an overcommitment. And we've been talking about how this offense and a better offensive line should prop up Kyle Rudolph. You could maybe say the same thing, or excuse me, for Kirk Cousins, you can maybe say the same thing about Kyle Rudolph. That being in this system, having an offensive line that blocks for another half a second to a second might improve his numbers too. Maybe some of that decline that you talk about from year to year, Collar, is not that it's not on Kyle Rudolph, but it's it's a part of the bigger picture. Well, I think some of that's on his quarterback too. Right. Kirk did not throw to him in the red zone last year, and that's not a Kyle problem. That's a Kirk problem. And I wonder if that gets solved. I really do. Like, well, that's part of the conversation. Like, how does how does that get solved this year? Because he's just been, you know, last year at this time he's talking about throwing into a mattress, and just because Kyle wasn't open last year doesn't mean that he wouldn't have still been effective in the red zone. I mean, he that was the security blanket with Case. Uh, Kirk just didn't see it the same way. If you want to chime in on uh, Kyle Rudolph's contract, four years, $36 million extension, 651-646-8255 is the number. Rami Makalov and Courtney Cronin in studio here. So I, I keep going over this as trying to find what, the potential pitfalls are, and you definitely bring up one of them. When Rudolph and Kirk Cousins could not get themselves on the same page last year, and you're coming back with the same issue that you had before with two wide receivers, but nobody else beyond that for wide receivers that are going to be able to get open on third downs. You have Delvin Cook was not used last year as a receiving option. I'm not sure how much he will be this year. He probably... Um, gets a, a little more attention with Gary Kubiak throwing out of the backfield. I guess the, the, what it comes down to here is how much do you guys trust that Kyle Rudolph is going to be more successful, more effective in the Kubiak offense? This is really the question that everything pertains to because roster-wise, I see the offensive line as being better roster-wise, but not a ton better. It's the same two tackles. The right tackle is just as bad as the last, or the right guard is just as bad as the last right guard. He's just a patchwork Josh Klein, patchwork guy that they hope can just hold it together on the right side. And we're not certain that Pat Elfline is going to be any sort of star left guard, right? So it's really 
system, system, system that they pushed all their chips into the middle for. And that's where I think you would question their offseason approach on the whole is you would say, all right, do you guys really think that running it all back with the same players and not changing much outside of the scheme is going to be the huge difference maker? And Kyle Rudolph is one of those guys that has to be better. I mean, I thought he did his job, what he usually does, but the performance, the efficiency, the red zone, it has to be better this year for them to win. Well, he's critical for the success of this offense, not necessarily saying his numbers are going to see some ridiculous jump or what his role is going to be any different than it was the last few years. The success of Irv Smith, I think, is predicated off of what they do with Kyle Rudolph and being able to keep him here and being able to utilize two tight end sets where you have one as an inline blocker and then you can put Irv out wide or you can put him as an H-back. I mean, you can do a lot more with a reliable Kyle Rudolph than you probably could somebody we don't know how good Tyler Conklin's going to be. We don't know if David Morgan can stay healthy. Um, he dealt with a lot of stuff with his knee last year, and I think that they really missed him, especially in the run game. But I don't know really as much as Kyle. I mean, we've seen nine, eight seasons of Kyle Rudolph. We've seen really, really good years, like what happened in, what, 2015 and then 16 and you know, 17 were really good years for him. And then you see what happened last year and maybe it's the scheme Rami. Maybe it's the change in approach. Uh, We know tight ends are utilized pretty heavily in Gary Kubiak system, but I don't expect him to, you know, a zebra doesn't change its stripes that many seasons in. I mean, we say the same thing about Kirk. Do you really expect Kirk to be that much different than he was the first seven years of his career in the NFL? I think it's a similar argument that you can pose with Rudolph. But even with that being said, and even with the decline Every time we've talked about this Kyle Rudolph situation and whether or not the Vikings should try and bring him back, we've all said this offense is better with Kyle Rudolph than without it. Now, that was late in the game after free agency and everything had already played out. It's an interesting what if, Matthew, if you want to go back to pre-free agency and make that call on Kyle Rudolph then, and like you said, maybe spend that money elsewhere on the roster. But once we got to the point that we had gotten to, we were all in agreement. This offense was better for having Kyle Rudolph than to let him walk for nothing or to trade for draft picks that might help you next year and probably not for two or three years. Stephon Diggs had some interesting things to say about Kevin Durant. I want to play them for you when we return and discuss for a few minutes what we saw with Durant getting hurt and how that relates to NFL players. We'll take a quick break. We'll wrap it up on Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up at 4 here on Score North. I was hurt, you know, of course. You know, I love KD, so. um, But definitely from the standpoint of being a player that plays a physical sport, going out, um, you know, uh, when you're in pain or you're hurt, you know, I know what it's like to be out there. You know, you're giving everything you got for your team. And to see him go down is definitely, it's it's a little heartbreaking, but, uh, you know, prayers up for him. I know he's going to come back stronger, and, he's, you know, he's still one of the best players in the NBA. So when I saw what happened to Kevin Durant last night, A, I was a little crushed because I wanted to see a better series, and now I feel like Toronto has such a huge advantage going into the final two games. But the other thing that it reminded me of was Sam Bradford in Chicago when the Vikings sent him out there and his uh, knee was not okay. And also RG3 in the playoff game when he tried to give it the college try and essentially ruined his career because he could no longer run the same. And I think about this all the time with what Stefan Diggs was saying, and he's talking about 
disappointing his teammates and wanting to go out there and putting yourself at risk. And Kevin Durant really did that last night, and we see that all the time from football players. Yeah, and I mean, Rudolph mentioned it as well, just how um, the outside perspective, you know, we question that. Mm -hmm. That is our job as media members, and sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not fair. I think about both of them. They've both both dealt with injuries. Go 2017, back to, Rudolph did. And the yeah. ankle injury, and he begged and begged Mike Zimmer and the, and the training staff to let him play in that what proved to be a meaningless Bengals game. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think that it's, you know, we, we're skeptics for a reason, right? Like, we mm -hmm. have to question everything. You'd never take anything at face value. But a nagging-type injury, like what Sam Bradford had. Um, okay, it's been four weeks. I mean, you said it's non-contact. You had the scope. Like, you should be good to go. Well, the body heals differently. And sports medicine is different than regular medicine. It's a reason there's an expedited process with, if you're a sports orthopedist, you're trying to get people, people have, Time frames. They have seasons. There's money on the line. Um, and I think to watch what happened to Kevin Durant happen, that could happen in any sport. That could happen in the NFL. I mean, Diggs even admitted today that he's played hurt before. I mean, he's had the groin injury. He's had the, was it a hamstring injury last year? 2016 um, battled the hamstring and, pretty and, bad. And what it brought me back to was the Dalvin Cook thing last year, where every week it was, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to test it out. And people get irritated at us for reporting, hey, this is what they're going to do. He's going to, you know, if he plays, he's going to be about on a 20 to 25 snap count. And then he doesn't play, and people are like, well, you got it wrong. Like, blah, blah. Like, no, the plan was to have him try it. But if you're not good to go, you're only, I mean, he, and he was not good to go in that Rams game. He should never have been out there. Yep. Um, but you're, you really, it's, I think, I find it hard pressed to, you know, criticize athletes who you might think, hey, it's been a certain number of days or weeks or whatever. And for Kevin Durant, it had been a month. And then you saw what happened. And then it's just heartbreaking. I don't think it's fair to even criticize. And the thing we want to do when stuff like this happens is blame. Who do, yeah. do who do we point a finger at when things like this happen? It's it would obviously be unfair to blame Kevin Durant or any player for wanting to play through an injury or return too soon from an injury. That's the competitive drive that got them where they are. I'm sure all almost anybody who's a professional athlete has played through some kind of injury. That's just the the reality of it. I don't fault the team either unless they really pushed a guy to come back before he was ready or should have been out on a field. If you, if a guy is medically cleared and you've given the player the full picture in terms of what the risks they're running are, whether it's re-injury like we saw with Kevin Durant or, or a, a degenerative issue that can happen with injuries if you go back and try and play with them, as long as the player was medically cleared and given the full picture of the, the medical situation, what risks they were running... I don't blame anybody. It's just, it's 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 sports and injuries happen in sports. Yeah, I look at it a little differently because of the history of the NFL with CTE and the head injuries and even there's the quack doctor in San Diego that people retweet all the time and one of the things that he is completely disgraced for was pushing players back on the field telling them that they were medically cleared and telling the coaching staff that they were good to go when he knew they weren't and he ruined a bunch of careers and now he writes articles that people quote and I can't believe it like how does anyone take this clown seriously when he is not 
not allowed to be anywhere near medicine anymore because he is so disgraced from the job he did with the San Diego Chargers. But that gives you a window in what type of people and doctors sometimes work for these teams. And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant and the Warriors knew that this was a possibility, but it also doesn't take a big stretch to put two and two together and say, you know, they didn't expect him to come back next year, right? They expected him to hit free agency and go to the New York Knicks. So why not? If there's a risk, oh, well, we're not taking it. Now they may end up having to pay him $30 million next year because of it, or he might come back long term. I don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me if there was something like that. And I think that's what happened in Washington with RG3. Not the contract, but they said it's been a long time since we've made it, won a playoff game, and they felt the pressure to push him back out there because they wanted to win, and whatever happens to him happens to him. Because they didn't even like him that much anyway at that time. At the risk of sounding cliche and short-sighted, though, you're playing for a championship. There is no tomorrow. And I don't care what your contract situation is. Kevin Durant wants that championship. Don't think that championship I think means... it shouldn't have been up to him, though. I know. Well, to some degree, it always is. I mean, you got to trust your, how people say they feel. You I mean, know what Sa- I mean? To Sam Bradford's credit, he never came... Outside of the game five, or excuse me, week five, um, from there on out... He never tested it. He disappeared. I mean, he was here for some of it, but he also went down to see Dr. James Andrews. Like, he never put himself in a situation to be criticized about his health, given his other past, you know, ACLs, two in back-to-back years. And, um, you know, I think he had two in the same leg at one point. I mean, it's a... I think... Athletes are always going to want that mm-hmm. championship yep. and, and realizing the limited window, as we've talked about here with Kyle Rudolph's contract, um, there's a window, too, for how long these guys can play and, and a window for how you, long you can win a championship, and you want to be a part of that. That's what makes you an athlete. But you also have to think on the realistic side of, is this going to wreck my Is one chance for me to go back out there when I'm 60%? I don't even know if Durant was 60%. We'll probably yeah. never know until and- he says, but... I think the way that we push these guys too, like your legacy is resting on whether you go back out there, that's a lot. That I mean, that would force players to do that. And what's supposed to happen is the people in charge of the medical part are supposed to tell them, no, you can't. And clearly they made a mistake. The results would show you that, that they made a mistake because he got hurt again. So anyway, a scenario that we run into a lot in football. Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next here on Score North. Thanks for listening to Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Already? I'll be right there. It's happening. Take I-5 South. You are on the fastest route. Mom says, OMG, I'll let everyone know. You have arrived. Honey, I'm, I'm right here. She's doing great. We're almost there. She's perfect. Hey, baby girl. 
The whole world can't wait to meet you. Live larger with more coverage. Share your news, big and small, on AT&T, the network that now covers more than 99% of Oregonians. Visit your AT&T store to learn more. Coverage isn't available everywhere based on third-party data. 